there's a lot going on right now. And it's wild how the Lord sets things up and you just think you're doing what you're supposed to do and you got everything figured out and he smiles at you and goes, that's cute. And then he just does what he's going to do and he tends to like help you graft in to what he's been doing the whole time. And like we're twigs. Like you can't, you can't hang a Christmas decoration. We don't have the strength to hold things up. But when he grafts us into who he is, and we just stand there so proud, like, oh my gosh, look at what I'm doing. But it's him. <clears throat> and when Becky was just praying or first exposing all of us, um, you can laugh at that. It was true. She exposed you. Not me. Uh, but... One of the things I wrote down, it's hard to understand when you're doing the right thing, but you aren't doing that thing with the heart that matches. He's like, hey, man, I'm sorry, lady. You can go back and tell her. You can go. Gas prices are expensive. Like, just pray for her in Ohio from here. But when you don't have the right heart that matches, but you're doing the right thing, and it's really difficult to go like, what are you talking about? I'm doing the right thing. My action is correct. But the heart bleeds everywhere. And it, and it paints your actions. You're going, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, but I could see that it, it's in the wrong heart. It's in the different heart. I don't even want to use a word like wrong because that sounds so black or white. It just is not in alignment. That is the seed of law. Doing the right thing without the heart is the seed of law. That's what law is. That's the difference between Abel and Cain. Abel had his relationship with the Lord, and so he gave an offering out from his heart. And Cain did what he was supposed to do. I gave you an offering. Yeah, no, I, you, you gave me stuff. It's not the same as an offering. A Christian side hug is not the same as a hug. It's not. That Christian side hug, you know, you know what I'm saying, like formal, and we just keep it like, uh, tuck, tuck, like two touches, you know what I mean? But, but. Yeah, it's a youth group hug. Like, whoa, leave room for the Holy Ghost. Come on, what are you doing? Right? Oh, my gosh, I haven't seen you in years. Run, run, run. 
tap, tap. That's not a hug. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, sorry. There's this movie that uh, you guys probably haven't seen because you're holy and you're Christian. There's this movie called The Breakup, and it's, it's comedy. You could laugh at that, too, because you're holy and you're Christian. And that's whatever. Um, this movie called The Breakup, and it's about a breakup. It's Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn. You've seen this? Oh, Becky, you have to look this up. Becky watches everything, and she makes everything holy by when she watches it. She draws out the scripture. It's, it is a gifting and a curse. It's a curse for those who are watching the movie with her. You're like, really? Titanic's about Jesus? Like, anyway, so this movie, The Breakup, <clears throat> Jennifer Aniston and Vince Vaughn are arguing. This is right before they break up, and she's like, I want you to do the dishes. And he says, I did do the dishes. No, I want you to want to do the dishes. Who wants to do the dishes? Nobody wants. Why are you wanting me to want to? It's like the difference is like he's doing these dishes like, oh, I hate this. Like this is not an offering. This is not a blessing. This is not going out of your way to do something for your wife or your girlfriend as they're coming home. There's like hatred and bitterness in these clean dishes. I want you to want to do the dishes. Galatians 6, 13, how do you transition from that into the Bible? You just go. And when you've been in um, VBS all day, you reach in your pocket and you're like, oh, kid socks. <laughs> Galatians 6, 13. If you didn't hear the word on Sunday, I was in Galatians 4. So I just stayed here. For not even those who are circumcised keep the law. That's us. Those that are circumcised, those that have dedicated their lives, those that are the Christians, those are the Pharisees, the believers, the ones that are really focused on doing all the right things. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh. A lot of times we go, we want to save souls. Oh, kind of. We're really looking for like a pat on the back or we're really looking to make sure that I stay righteous. And then Diana said something. I can't remember how you worded it. Like you, we can't be righteous. We can only receive righteousness. Whose soul can I save? I can't even save my own soul and I've tried. He's the most horrible one. Because he doesn't listen to me. But God forbid that I should boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been, where did I go? Whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. It's an interesting thing being said right here. by whom the world 
has been crucified to me and I to the world. This is talking about relationship to Jesus, not to us going out to save souls. The intention can be right and the hype and the desire, but like, I didn't die for anybody. I never carried your sin. I can't. I never sat in that garden and bled through my pores because what it was going to take to take on your sin. I've never been so removed from God the Father that I'm going, where are you? I can't feel you because the way Jesus was separated from God, we've never been separated from God like that. He took that separation for us. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. Do you know everything about the scripture? Do you know nothing about the scripture? Were you raised in church? Have you never seen a church building before in your life? That is not what avails. It's becoming the new creation. But you can't even create. Only the creator can create. We have like miniature baby infant creations that we do. They're all based on something that already exists. That's not a creation. It's actually a manipulation of what already exists. Think of a color that doesn't exist. You cannot do it. You can't even do something basic like that. As wild as we go, every character in Monsters, Inc. is based on another thing that already exists on this earth. It has hair. It doesn't have hair. It's naked. It's got scales. It's a, they didn't create anything new because we can't. So if I'm going to be a new creation, I have to give myself back to the creator. The thing about that heart condition and the seed of law, it's that it's hard to tell the difference between law and life in their infancies. Because the idea is that they're right. And in the beginning, in the infancy, they all kind of look the same. We have to get our need to save souls out of the way. And I'm not saying that we're not supposed to save souls. I'm saying the intention and sometimes what is what is become the gospel. And I, that's lowercase with quotations and italicized the gospel. The good news is the good news that has never changed. To go out and make disciples, that has actually never changed. And it's good to invite people to church. But that's not preaching the gospel. It's not. It's good to yell at people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Normally, I get, I'm the one that gets yelled at. When I go to Third Street Promenade, if you guys have never been, it's because you're from Camarillo and you never leave this place. 
There's a place in Santa Monica, just that way. It's called Third Street Promenade. It's all the shopping and where everybody comes to look at each other, do crazy things. And one of the things that crazy people do is be Christian. And they grab bullhorns and like, if you don't know Jesus, you're going to die. You're a sinner. And they're just yelling at me. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Uh, why? You didn't even check, dude. Like, I'm already, already preached the gospel. Why are you yelling at me? Zero discernment in that bullhorn. Like, okay, move. And you get so upset with people like that. You're a sinner. I'm like, psh, psh, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You're a sinner. Take that. What? Like, you know, you want to just battle them or it's like, what are you doing? I do this to, well, I used to, to the Jehovah Witnesses and the Mormons that show up at my door. They, I think there's like a, no, they put something on, in, yeah, it's like, I don't know, there's like a, a mark on my, I can't find it. But I watched them go by. They do not come to my house anymore. And I was doing um, yard work in the backyard the other day. And I look over my fence and across the street. Teresa is there. Hi, Teresa. She's not watching this. But, and they're, they're talking. I'm like, oh, man, okay. They're, they're talking or whatever. Two days later, I have a lot of trees to cut down. Two, two days later, I'm back there again. I look. Now there's four of them. They're all sitting outside. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to go. To, I'm, you know what? I'm going to go out there right now. I'm all sweaty and jacked up. I have, like, debris and leaves. I was, like, actually in a tree. Like, <laughs> Oh, you want to play? You want to? But the heart was wrong. The heart was wrong. I was getting ready to win for Jesus. I'm like, oh, you think so? You think you're a little buttoned down? Your short sleeves are good? No, no short sleeves over here. I'm getting you. And then I walked out. I got a chain shoes, walked out to the front door. I walked out and I looked and I'm like, oh, okay, fine. This isn't it. I walk back in the house. Like, my heart is wrong. Even though the, the understanding was right, it was right there. So much opportunity that we have to grow into the body. It'll be interesting to see what the Lord sees as far as like, what does the body look like to you right now, Lord? Is it just round, little baby, incapable of walking, demanding snacks, pooping on itself? Like, I don't know. Is that what you see us at? as? Are we strong and running? Are we malnourished? Are we a teenager who thinks they know everything and their voice keeps cracking? Are we like, you don't understand, God, because you weren't here. This, you walked the earth 2,000 years. We have cell phones now. Like. God is like, you're amazing. That's cute. Go to your room. How does God see us right now? The body. Through Jesus. Fine, Becky. Fine. Fine. I didn't say there was condemnation. We really need to make room for each other to function. Because then life can come in when there's movement, when there's newness, when there's like, oh, wait a minute, you're bringing something? I've never seen this before. I'm used to rebuking things I have not seen before. 
Let me just wait. I rebuke, oh, I guess I don't have to rebuke shorts. We're allowed to wear shorts. Oh, I don't have to rebuke drums or guitars or dancing. And this sounds silly. These are all denominations. These are all denominations, but you know, like a divide, this denomination, it means divided. It means the body is divided. It's going to be messy because life is messy. When something's alive, when somebody has four kids, their house is alive. It's messy. It is messy. And no matter how many times I clean the table off, I turn around and people just say, oh, thank you, daddy. I didn't click. Just (sighs) cool. I cleaned up. What is that? Barbies, and they're getting a bath right now, Daddy, so don't step on them. You know how messy life is? It's not messy when there's no life in it. My aunt and uncle had, were those people who had a living room that kids weren't allowed in. Man, that living room looked so... I always wanted to go in there. There's zero life in there. You know how I know? The lines from when they vacuumed stayed. I'm like, oh, look at that. It probably feels so good to go over there. You can't. Life is not allowed over there. Are we the body that we're not allowing life to happen? Because life is messy. I talked on Sunday about becoming sons, but... We also need to step into our roles as brothers and sisters who support and walk alongside each other and mothers and fathers. Hugely important. How do you know what to do? Mothers and fathers and brothers and sisters walking alongside you. Most everything I learned how to do it's for my older brother. Because I was a leader from the time I was born. So I didn't listen to my parents because I was leading too. Like, but my older brother, he was cool. So I looked up to him. You know what I'm saying? Like you, sometimes you can't even look to the father because you're so busy not being proud. And we have brothers and sisters, and that's what Christ said. Who are my mother and my brothers? But those that are walking alongside me, doing life with me. Not just church. Church is incredible. Church is beautiful. Church is a place of education and a place to continue to sharpen iron. But the life part, where you do life together, Jesus got the nickname Rabboni, you, you nicknamed your teachers you love. The teachers that just follow the rules and don't have a relationship with you, they're like, eh. Uh, and I'm not hating on you. I, I love teachers. I love to, don't get me, Remy. Sorry, Mrs. Anabakri. See, I'm in trouble. They had a nickname because they were doing life together. Jesus didn't go... 
Peter, you're going to be my disciple. I will see you on Sunday. Put everything down and live with me. We do all kind of stuff for the church. There was a time when there were prayer rooms, there were more prayer rooms in there than we have now. And Becky says, has this idea, because Becky always has an idea. And she says, I just need, come here, Poochie Papas, I just need you to do something real quick. If you don't know what Poochie Papas is, ask Becky. It's stinky feet. I know what it is. And I'm like, why are you calling me stinky feet? I need you to do something real quick. Can you just real quick paint my office? Like, this is the kind of stuff that Becky hits you with. I'm like, excuse me? Just real quick, just go ahead and tell the Home Depot and just get this color and get it. Oh, okay. So she had this idea. And if you go back there, the prayer room now is incredible. That's the idea she had. And all it took is some of us to rip the walls down. And some of us to hold up the, this, this, what is that? An eight by 10? What is a beam? It was not a two by four. I'm like, where do you buy these? Noah's Ark. This is like, you're holding, and there's pictures of us holding this stuff up to make, we'll do all kinds of things for the church. But to do life with each other is when we start to do it for, with each other. Not like, I'll just knock down a church, a church wall and build up because this is the church and this is the temple. No, is when my wife, Noelle, was uh, whatever, 26 months pregnant. She, and, and I'm going like, oh, we're running out of rooms because we have too many kids. I'm going to convert the garage into a bedroom so that we have more rooms for the amount of kids that we have. And Noelle's freaking out and crying like, I'm getting ready to have this baby. And there's just drywall dust everywhere. And she calls Candace, our friend. And Candace is like, oh, you know what you need? We just need some organization. I get home from working, and here's Pastor Brian and Veda at my house. And Brian says, so when are you available, Friday or Saturday? I'm like, for what? Because I'm coming over and I'm bringing guys with me and we're going to help you do this. We're going to help you finish. I'm like, oh, no, that's okay. I understand. Thank you for trying to bless me. But um, what I'm not doing is acting in pride. I just don't want, no, that's just pride. Diana told me in the hallway. <laughs> Diana was like, that's pride. I'm like, no, it's not because, dang, Diana, Close your office door when I'm walking in mine. I don't need this extra word. I don't need you to do life with me when it's so real that I have to recognize my pride. That's a little bit too much life, Diana. And now I show up on a Saturday going like, okay, Pastor Brian's going to, I drop my kids off so they're not in danger. And like, cool, okay, Pastor Brian's going to be here and then... Oh, man, Patrick's here. Oh, Rob's here. Oh, Glenn's here. Oh, he brought a team, and Glenn is, you know, he's a 12-year-old in an in a older person's body. And he's like, hey, but I recognize how old my body is, so I'm not bending down doing these floors, but I'm going to cut for you. He's like, I'm willing to do. This is what doing life, this is when it started to change to go like, oh, man, wait a minute. We're really just doing this together. It changes the way you come to church after that. 
oh, wait a minute. This person is in need? I love this person. That's part of the sonship that I was talking about on Sunday. We have to get to the place where we're sons, but we're not just an individual son. I have a brother. I have a sister because they have been sonned as well. And we're doing life together. That's what the body looks like. Disciples are great. Disciples lead into becoming the body. But they started doing life together, really together, when they became sons. And you see the multiplication. Thousands were added unto them that day. Thousands were added unto them. How? Because they're a body. Because they're not individuals all loving Jesus on their own. They do love Jesus on their own. And they also connect together. So we need leaders. And we need fathers and mothers. We need actually fathers and mothers who are going to invest and impart mantles into the new leaders. I love all these people who are seasoned. But where's the Elisha to every Elijah? Where's the one that goes, I was so raised by you. I know you inside and out, and I'm not even interested in, you're not allowed to die or go to heaven until I get my double portion because I'm not interested in stopping the ministry where it is, and I'm not interested in starting my own ministry. I'm interested in standing on your shoulders to move this forward. We're not starting back. No, I want the mantle that you had because that's Holy Spirit. And I want to take it and I want to keep going with it. And when I'm done with it, because the Lord is going, hey, this is your apprentice. I want you to raise them up and give them everything that you are and everything that you know. Show them how to be in love with me. Those are the mothers and the fathers that we need to invest into the leaders. The buy-in from the community has to be there, and the leaders have to be bought into the community. Joshua was able to take over because of that buy-in. Moses, it's like, this is my dude. And then God was like, oh, okay, I'm going to do a couple miracles through you. And they're like, oh, okay. God is there. We recognize the anointing. We're all the way in. We're led by this guy. There could have been people who were like, I don't know about it. He's kind of young. I don't really know if he's going to be the one. I don't know if he's as muscular as this other guy. Well, you know, my son was, I'm sure there's all of that somewhere, but the community buy-in was so strong. The Lord is like, I'll part part the water again. Boom. Pastor Brian used a scripture in 1 Corinthians. Where was it? 1 Corinthians what? It's about a leash. Seven. 
can you pull that back up, Kelly? Seven something. <laughs> Seven thirty-five. He thinks. I have one more scripture after that, and then you're going home, and I'm going to Rolling Pin. And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you. We should not be putting leashes on people. That's the law. Well, if I put a leash on you, I can control you. And I can force you to abide in the law. Where did Jesus do that? He didn't. In the beginning, in the, in the, God gave option in the very beginning. Tree of life, tree of knowledge of good and evil. Don't choose that. Don't choose that, please. Choose this. But he never put a leash. I'll pull you to the tree of life and I'll force you to love Jesus. Man, we sound like the crusaders. That's amazing. There are so many things that are important that we should vote on, that we still have to have laws, that laws should still exist, but not to the point that we're trying to force people to follow Christ. Because the scripture tells us clearly how people are going to fall in love with Christ by the love that we have for one another. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant the scripture says by the leashes that we have for one another. The scripture says God is leash. No. The scripture says leash covers a multitude of sins. No. Love covers a multitude of sins. Why? Because love is God. God is love and he covers the multitude. And it's messy. And it's alive. But what's going to make the difference, and, I, and I'm not doing this to, to poke anybody Law is here. Every time we hear of a mass shooting, it's illegal. Mass shootings are illegal. And they happen every, almost every single day in the United States. And then our answer, I say our answer, because it's both us as Christians and us as Americans, we blend and we go, oh, we need more laws. We need stricter laws. We need laws. We need laws. We need a leash. If I could just get a tighter leash, it'll force people to stop killing each other. But killing is a sin. And you know what covers a sin is love. But not just, I'll just wait for Jesus to show up and love everybody. No, they will know each us establishing a culture of love to go, man, 
the way we raise our kids, they end up beating each other up and shooting at each other. But there's something about that group of people over there that none of the kids that have this experience are coming out of them. What is it about you guys that you don't have that anger or that desire to hurt each other like that? Man, you know that abortion has existed forever. Even when it was against the law. And it's going to continue to happen. But we don't need to wait for the law to be Christ. Because love will cover every single sin. And when we as a body start functioning as a body, because I know of individuals who are doing this. I know of individuals who are going, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to show up at Planned Parenthood and I'm going to stand there. And all these people are yelling. But when this woman or young girl or whoever she is, when she comes in, they're going to go, hey, I'm not telling you what to do. But I will adopt your baby if you choose to have that baby. If you don't choose to have that baby, I still love you. It starts to plant seeds of love. And then it becomes, I don't know what it is, but those people over there, those Christians, we don't even have to wait for law to end sin because law, it, it, law will not end sin. It is a win, but it isn't a win. I don't know. It's not for me to figure out what was right or wrong and what we're going to vote on. That's not for me to figure out because I'm not supposed to beat anybody by the law. God is looking for us to show up as a unit, as a body, and make room for the messiness and make room for the people who go, hey, I've had 11 abortions. And, and the answer is like, oh, man, I, are you hurting by that? Well, come here. Let me tell you who you are. I don't need to label you by your sin. I need to tell you who you are. Come into the family. You're already my sister. Let me start to remind you of who you are because maybe you've been walking outside so long you forgot your identity, but you're home now. Let's wash you up. Let's get you something to eat. Let's make you feel safe. Let's remind you that this is home. And if you go outside and you do it again, you're going to come back and your, your, your bed is made. And it, I, I didn't give it away. You're here. You are loved. We can't make that happen in our own strength. We can make room for Holy Spirit to move. We can hear what he's saying. We can hear the passion and the drive and the hurt and the anger and the angst and the buildup inside of us and go, whoa, okay, God, what do you want us to do with that? Because we're getting agitated. And most of the time, God agitates you on purpose. Galatians 5, 13 and 14 says, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity 
for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Through love serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Lord, I thank you for being love and for loving us and for providing for us and for seeing us and knowing us and valuing us when we don't even value ourselves and for valuing us correctly when we value ourselves too high or too low, Lord. Thank you for coming in and setting us straight. Your correction is incredible because your love outweighs your rebuke. That when you correct, it makes sense because you have loved so well that it cannot be called abuse. You are a lover and we do, we wanna be like you, Lord. We want to be loved by you and to know that and just walk in that and let your love and your spirit manifest in us and out of us and through us and all around us until our identity is no longer ours, until people recognize us for your Holy Spirit functioning in us, Lord. Let Christianity be known for your Holy Spirit, not for us. Thank you, Lord, for every child that has come through this VBS and the children who will get the secondhand anointing because it's just as powerful, Lord. When you jump from one person to another person, you are just as powerful. So I thank you for those secondhand anointings. Every child that goes home that laughs and plays with a cousin, for the parents to fall out in your spirit, for grandparents who who have never known you to feel laughter and joy because of your presence, Lord. And I thank you for every adult, every seasoned adult, the oldest one in this congregation, Lord that they get that VBS anointing. And every baby in VBS is given every bit of wisdom that every adult has walked through in this house, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that there's no separation, there's no denomination, and there's no division to your love because you are unconditional. And you bless us all day, every day. We love you, Jesus. Amen.